the house down, how are we feeling? Seriously. A little bit more energy than that, a little bit of a whoop. Yeah! Poppy of Judas here, guys. I mean, look at Hi. this sensational woman. <laughs> Welcome to Queer Me Out Chasing Tail. Um, the podcast that brings you tales of epic destinations told through queer voices. I'm Harriet Rose, a presenter and DJ, and today we'll be chasing tales about London with the amazing Poppy of Judah. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm now going to talk about you in front of you for a minute. Do you yeah. mind? No, go ahead. Fantastic. <laughs> Poppy Ajuda is a South London songwriter, vocalist, musician, and all-round creative powerhouse. Feel free to whoop every time I say something like that. Since then, she's become one of the most exciting British independent artists around, and her socio-politically aware unique blend of R&B, jazz, and pop is a true reflection of many of the urgent conversations needed today, right? Come on. This... Thank you. Thank you. This week's episode is live in London, as you can hear. We're going to be chatting about London's queer scene, its internationally renowned music scene, Poppy's queer experiences in the city, and the many ways London has challenged and transformed her artistic protests and personal perspectives. Queer Me Out Chasing Tales is a Gay Times and W Hotels original podcast series. That's my sexy voice. <laughs> Should we do some questions? Let's go. I can't in. wait to hear from you, hon. Firstly, who is Poppy? Who is she? Who is she? Who um, is she? Yeah. I don't know. Always changing. Always evolving. I don't know. I think I find it hard to define myself because I think especially through my songwriting, who I am is always shifting as I understand myself more. Um, so obviously I'm a songwriter and I'm a musician, but I care a lot about political issues and, and changing the world in some way, having an impact. Um, and that's a big part of my music. But I'm multifaceted, what can I say? Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're making me hate myself. I know how exciting the projects are that you've got lined up. I'm so looking forward to hearing more music, but can you tell us a little bit about what you have coming up? Yeah, a lot of, so much new music. I wrote a lot over lockdown. Um, I have a, an album, my first album coming out, which um, is going to come out this year, hopefully. Ooh, indeed. Yes. And I think it's most exciting for me because I think it's taken me, I mean, music is therapy for me, but it's also taken me a long time to kind of understand and accept myself. And so through every project, it's been a process of that. So like my first EP was my first engagement in political issues or, or speaking my truth or realising that I had a voice that I could use and that people might want to hear it. And equally, as I've moved on with music, I've become more honest and more open and it's become a big part of how I see what I do in order to allow other people to be honest and open because I think sometimes when you can see someone else being who they are unapologetically allows you to do that yourself because you can see it happening. I'm actually going to play one of them tonight. Um, and I had to sing it out loud in soundcheck. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is, feels different when you sing it out loud. <laughs> it's pretty brave, though, to go... Because this is the first time you've actually gone into your queerness in your music, right? Mm. It's pretty brave and exciting. Does it feel exciting or does it feel scary? I think it's both. I think it's always been an important thing for me to... If something scares me, I have to do it. Yes. And so I was working with a queer director and I wasn't completely out yet. I don't even think I'd told my parents. But she had this idea... And I think I had similar, an, a similar idea and it really scared me. And so I was like, well, I have to do it. Because, you know, it's, for me, I'm accepting myself through putting myself out there. And that's always been the way. I, people accept themselves in different ways. But for me, it's always been about 
exclaiming it to the world and that means that I'm not ashamed of who I am. And that doesn't mean at the time that I did it, I wasn't ashamed. I was very like scared to kiss a woman on screen or to even interact in that way. But it felt important because if it scares me, it must scare someone else. And if I can feel like I have the ability or the accessibility or the safety to do that, then it's kind of my responsibility to do that. It's, it's responsibility for an artist to live in their truth. As queer people, there's a lot of queer people in the room, we need to like address the fact that it doesn't matter how many persons you fancy of the same sex, non-binary people, it's not, that doesn't define how queer you are. Mm. And you can come out at any age, at any time. Mm-hmm. And to have artists like you, even to kind of relate to you in the sense that some people do feel too scared to come out and that's okay and to have artists like you being like I'm scared but I'm going to do it because I want to show you that you can Mm. that's important for our community isn't it (laughs) whoop whoop indeed (laughs) okay how does travel make you feel because it's obviously a travel podcast (laughs) you know we love traveling so let's get into how Poppy feels when she travels I guess it depends on where I'm going and who I'm going with um I think I love to travel in general. I think travel's always been important for me. I think that I can't talk on the issues that I care about or claim to understand people or be compassionate to people if I don't understand how other people live. And I think we're only compassionate to others when we really like can understand or can empathise with their story. Um, so travelling has always been a big part of that. My dad and my family are from St Lucia, so I go there a lot as well. How has that been as a queer person? Because I know we chatted a little bit about that, but in terms of your journey, like, how's it been to be out there and sort of being open about Yeah, being queer? a bit of a nightmare. Not like... It was funny because I think... I came out to my dad when I was in St Lucia, um, yeah, I don't know how many years ago now, maybe, like, four years ago. I feel like everybody tells you that when you come out, you just come out, but it doesn't really happen like that. No. You, like, continue coming out for, like, a million more times. <laughs> And it's not like, oh, I'm out now. Mm. So I think that was a... It wasn't really something that intersected with my life in St Lucia. But then going back, I was there a couple of months ago and being very much more comfortable with myself and open with a lot of things and especially open with my dad. I was a bit anxious about going. I was a bit anxious about, like, clothes I would bring that had, like, gay statements on them because of the way that I understand homophobia in the Caribbean and, like, within the black community. It and within like my family it can be quite um yeah it's like a lot lot of based in religion and colonialism and and all these things um so I was having a lot of like difficult conversations I think I never felt unsafe and I had like a great time but it was definitely I was trying to change a lot of people's minds a lot of the time and trying to I think what I learned was that it's important to have difficult conversations and you can't always expect people to be where you are. And sometimes it's not helpful getting upset and getting really angry when people that you care about fail to understand the things you understand because they haven't come from the same place you are. And if the culture isn't at a place to understand the things you're talking about, the conversation will be different. Um, And I had to exercise a lot of like decorum and patience in that sense. But I don't necessarily think that it was a bad thing. I think we're used to kind of living in echo chambers and safe spaces are important, but we often, I feel like you can't, you can't change anything by only having safe spaces. You have to be able to be challenged and, and, and know what you're talking about and be confident, so confident in it that you can explain to someone why they might not be seeing it in a way that is the most open or understanding. 
Um, and it was definitely a challenge for that. But it was really good. But very powerful. And like, that's wonderful that you were able to do that. And I think a round of applause deserves that because it's just a beautiful moment for you to have with your family. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't always have to be that decision change. Oh, I've changed my mind. It can be little and often and it changes over time. Me and my dad had lots of fights in the car. <laughs> <laughs> classic, classic. <laughs> go to a quick fire round lighten things up everybody because it's not so I'm not going to ask you intense questions for like two minutes it's not all day therapy you got two minutes off okay you ready so um, obviously this podcast is about chasing tales we're going to get ourselves warmed up now a little quick fire round about travel okay swimsuit or bikini bikini oh I don't think I've ever owned a swimsuit well now's the time hun. Mm. I don't know why <laughs> I have no preference <laughs> I wear trunks okay um, advanced packing or on the day I'm such an advanced packer I feel oh. like it says so much about me that makes me so relaxed because on the day gives me anxiety no who can do that no I'm hands like... up who on the day packs yeah no you really. oh. and I know you're all far judging too me too many of you thank you far too many of you how, how? I can't go out with any of you Okay. Um, all right. Going out or chill vibes? Mm, I'm, I'm probably a more chill vibes person, to be honest. Ooh. Yeah. But my, my work is going out. Yeah. So maybe that's true. what it is. Yeah. And I grew up in a nightclub, so it doesn't excite Hold me on, that wait, much. Wait, what? You grew up in a nightclub? Yeah, well, like, I grew up with just my... Just on the dance floor. <laughs> There's Poppy. Just don't stand on her, please. No. Get a Bacardi Breezer, but just miss her. No, as it you... was like that. It was actually like that. That is the best thing I've ever I would, heard. like, walk be like David your daughter is like in the club so get I li- her a WKD immediately <laughs> yeah. um, alright live out of a suitcase or unpack in the hotel wardrobes it's just I feel so judged live out of my suitcase we're not judging you are we guys no we are okay we are fine oh, you- <laughs> um, London related ones tube yeah. or uber uber bougie <laughs> big ben or the British museum well, I just feel like it's all empire and colonialism, isn't it? So can I say none? None of it. None of it. Sick of it. Um, cocktail or wine? Cocktail. Megan or Kate? Controversial one there. <laughs> I just read that. I saw it as I read it. So. I, don't know if it <laughs> I don't know if it's a question, is it? Megan. Megan. Come thank on. you. Megan. Come hands on, up for Megan. <laughs> hands up for Megan, I said. Crikey. <laughs> I want to kind of learn a bit more about you and a bit more about the city and your kind of relationship with it. So you were raised in London. What was it like growing up for you in the capital? I mean, it's all I know. And I love London. I love like being around so many different communities of people. It's always been a big part of my identity. I think I wouldn't make the music I make if I didn't live in London, if I didn't meet the people. And also, I think as a person of colour, being around lots of different people is important. You know, I, I would feel out of place if I was somewhere else where it wasn't so diverse or I didn't get to, I don't know, connect with so many different people. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Also, I, I love that, like, everybody comes here to do what they love and they know that they'll find that here. I don't know why, but <laughs> I feel like... I mean, I've always been from here, so it's always been a part of who I am, but I love that people see that hope in London. 
And I feel like if you grew up in London, you really do have to love London to stay. Because I love London, but a lot of, I'm not from London, but a lot of my family are like, no, I would never live in London. Mm. But I live and breathe it. And the fact that you've grown up here and you love it still mm. is testament to the kind of... I guess the passion and also the music culture that we have here, mm. right? And like, you know, I'd be, if I've been on tour or I've been in another country, I actually, or I've been in LA where it's like so different. Yeah. I love coming back to like the corner shop and like my shitty house. Sorry, Sophie, it. about the shitties. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. That's not a swear word. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Um, how did London influence your kind of poetry journey because being in such a like an amazing city as a youngster to kind of have that as your influence you know in part yeah I think I think I learned a lot about music from my upbringing and um, being in that kind of music space I would hear so many different styles of music which obviously would have influenced me becoming a singer emotions and feelings that I had to work out and, and writing was my way of doing that and I think it started as poetry because I didn't want to sing out loud. I didn't want anybody to know what I was singing about. But it was like my outlet. But I don't know how London impact that. I just know that it has. Yeah, because you know? I guess it's like symbiotic. It just yeah. happens. And Ooh, also like generations of... <laughs> like I generations didn't even know of I people. knew that word. Sorry. Um, generations of people coming here and like my family coming yes. here. Like there's a history here that has made me who I am and is the reason that... I live in the way that I do and I look the way I do and my identity in the world, the way the world interacts with me because of the way that I look. So, and that's just like so ingrained in, in like London and, and British culture. And also to kind of have that outlet at eight years old, I feel like is like the healthiest thing in the world. If we mm. could make all kids be able to be passionate about writing their feelings down, probably have a lot less therapy bills. I think that's why everybody should like be creative. I yeah. think being creative is such an amazing outlet, whether it's art or music or theatre or whatever it is it allows you to express yourself in a way that isn't the norm isn't the way that there's so much more expression to be had yeah. than in the words that we say and that's how we feel so much when we hear a beautiful song that connects with us mm-hmm. I think people would be a lot happier if they if they were allowed to be creative more a hundred percent and I I want to go we touched on earlier that you're going to be releasing some music that's been inspired by your queer journey but I just want to go into like you're going to perform a song tonight we're going to talk I was hoping we could talk a little bit about the song and the kind of journey of the song yeah so I don't know what sparked me to write it I wrote it I think maybe this year or maybe last year and I had written another song that was like very explicitly queer and I think what surprises me and why it kind of makes me want to write these songs is that how scary it feels as I'm writing it. So maybe I've had a relationship with someone or I've kind of understood something about my... I think I was actually in therapy and that's why I, re- and I realised a lot of things about my internalised homophobia. Um, and at the time I was dating a woman as well. And all of these memories came back from childhood. And so I wrote the song based on at like 10 years old, at 14 at school, when I was 21 and I had a boyfriend and like it kind of goes through my life. And these moments where I guess I realised that it wasn't okay to like not be straight. And, and I put it away and I had a lot of like, of that in, in me that was like, I just don't want to be gay. Like I used to say that to myself all the time in my mind, like as like a very young, like maybe like 13, 14 and I guess it was something that stuck with me. So writing this song was, and it's very like explicit. We love that. Yeah, like it was me, it was me allowing myself to be like, it's fine to have these experiences and be who you are and you don't have to be ashamed of it. 
And if it's scary, it probably means that you're uncomfortable, which probably means you're growing, which is a good thing. And music's always been that for me. And so I think while I do it because I want other people to feel less alone and more connected, I also do it so that I can be myself, so I can be honest with myself. That's so important and amazing to hear. Yes, yes, yes. And I relate super heavily to that. I didn't come out till I was like 21 and I was like, when I realised I fancied girls, I was like, no. And now I'm so gay. But at the time, I was like, I really don't want to do this because I just can't be bothered. I want to marry a man and have babies. I just want this 2.5 life. And then I was like, that's boring. Let's not do that. But also, I feel like a lot of people in this room might have had similar journeys and also those similar thoughts in your head. And it's so important that artists like you are writing these songs because like you say it's not just about us it's also about you being more comfortable with yourself Mm. which makes it even more meaningful I think personally definitely 100% one more week for that please Um, so this podcast is called Chasing Tales because we are searching for the places that give us the best stories okay (laughs) but tell me one of your favourite tales moments or memories from your time in London when I say time in London forever all the time because you've lived here for your whole life (laughs) well it's funny that we're talking about like coming out and queerness well I mean obviously the whole thing is that but it's very gay it's very it's very gay here (laughs) um but one of the things that I kind of think of in terms of like a memory and like queerness is when I guess I had had I come out I'm not really sure I wasn't I wasn't comfortable and I was in a relationship with a man and I went to Pussy Palace with a a woman shout out Pussy Palace (laughs) Iconic, um, with a woman that I was like, working with. I don't know if we had thought about it in that way. Anyway, had you thought about it in that any- way? <laughs> anyway, I got very drunk, and I just remember like, I, <laughs> I just remember like straddling her in like the, <laughs> Didn't in the smoking that. area, and a lesbian woman walked past and was like, "That is so hot," and I was like, "What am I doing?" Isn't it just though? <laughs> Am I right, guys? And I, and I remember being like, oh, my God. And then my friends being like, oh, we're going. So, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, take me I don't home. know. Take me home. More because I was like, I don't want to be gay. Yeah, it's scary. You, yeah. and I, and At I, that time, I when you don't know. Yeah, yeah and, and he he wasn't super comfortable with my sexuality. So I didn't feel like I could... This they get is, very intimidated. No, but men. that's so interesting because it's a story I've heard so many times about, and I'm not in any way shaming men, but a, a lot of women I know who are in relationship with men who are bi or queer mm. and don't feel like they can talk about it, mm. which is such an interesting thing because it relates back to like our idea that, you know, I, well, I don't know what it relates back to. I guess it's like I toxic it, masculinity. Yeah, like, toxic masculinity, insecurity, n- wanting ownership over another person yeah. and not wanting them to... Because, I mean, if you love someone, you should want them to express themselves in their fullest version. 100%. You know, that's, like, the most important thing. That's that's actual love. Because you're still queer if you're in a relationship with a man. This is the thing. Yeah. Um, but I think I felt like I could hide from it. And yeah. I could, like, cover it over. But what I was realising, that it kept coming up. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get away from it. Let's go a bit more into the location. I have to ask about your queer experience in London and I know we've just had a beautiful story of one of your first queer experiences in a safe space but like let's go into a little bit more okay maybe a few places that you've been that you feel safe and that you enjoy being queer in in London yeah I mean I don't go out a lot and so I don't I think that's always been a thing for me kind of being in queer spaces mm-hmm. I used to love the drag king show at the glory did anybody ever go to that yes so, the glory did it show it was down? like cock initiative I think they were called 
And that was really cool because I, I really loved the way that... I mean, the Glory is obviously like an iconic venue. Yes, iconic. Mm, but I loved the way that Drag King kind of parodied gender and sexuality and masculinity. And it was just so amazing. And I don't know, it's just it's feeling safe and feeling at home and feeling like you can understand some part of yourself in a way that maybe you can't in other, in other spaces, especially as a queer person, where you're kind of in both worlds. Yeah, because it's nice to... I mean, I guess in a sense, like, we think of London as a very progressive, open-minded, and, like, the pulse of, of kind of the, the UK, I guess. But why do you think it's such a melting pot for creativity and for, I guess, for queer, queer people as well? I think the amazing thing about London is that you can have so many pockets of different types of people and so there's always a way to find your people and find people that accept you and love you as you are and that's the beauty of a lot of different people from around the world or from from around the UK coming to one place that you're always going to get a million different perspectives and versions of like identity and so there's always like if you can't find your people there's always a way you know it's not like you I I find actually in a, a lot of people that I know that are kind of in the LGBT plus community they don't always have friends that respect and understand them or give them good advice, but it's because they haven't, they don't either realize their value or they haven't looked for those people. Like those people always exist. You can always find people that accept you as you are and allow you to be yourself, but you have to choose them and not choose the people that, that don't. And I think London's one of those places where you can always find that. Which is, yeah, it's interesting you say that because, like, your partner, your previous partner who didn't accept it for you meant that it was difficult for you to accept it. So it's like once you find those mm. people that can let you open up, you can up yourself. Then it doesn't feel up. weird. Yeah. You don't feel ashamed. 100%. You don't, yeah. You know? Um, we, with creativity, obviously, um, comes activism. Why is it important that people in cities like London use their voices and platforms for good? Like you, who d- you do it constantly in so many different areas and make a huge impact on people's opinions which is so important but why do you think it's a good thing I mean I do it because I don't know any other way I feel strongly about all the things that I care about and they intersect with my life in terms of gender in terms of sexuality in terms of race and in terms of class like there is no way that I couldn't speak on these issues because they are who I am and I also think that we have to practice compassion. I think in a modern society, in like a neoliberalist capitalist society, we're taught to be so individualistic and when we're taught to not care about other people's struggles when, you know, if you are an oppressed person in some way, which I'm sure lots of us are, oppression intersects with our lives, then we have to care about other people's oppression because otherwise how can we expect people to care about ours? And then therefore how can we all be freer? So I think when you have that perspective, there isn't another choice. It should be part of the way that you live. But equally, I ju- I, no, I do judge people that don't. Sorry, I need a <laughs> round of applause for that. Because <laughs> Tell me about your favourite things to do in London. Because I feel like if you're listening to a podcast about London, you genuinely want to know where are the places that you go. I know you don't go out on nights out, but where are the secret spots that you would suggest to somebody who's never been to London? I mean, obviously, there's, like, so much good food in London, so there's, like, a million different restaurants, but I think it's going to see really good music. And there are so many amazing music venues that put on amazing music and amazing London-based artists that are from completely different scenes. Village Underground, like, I'm playing at Earth. They put on loads of uh, amazing artists. 
There are so many venues. Where's your favourite spot to eat? Like, come for food, you want to go and get something good. I just want to go eat right now, so... I know I'm joking, but seriously, where is your one spot that you would suggest we go to? Oh, I love so many places. I love to eat all the time. I'm putting you on the spot You right are. Um, there's a place called Peckham Bazaar, which is really good. Um, That's perfect. Peckham Bazaar, we're all going to go now. Everybody get up. It's quite small. I don't know if we'll all fit. Well, they'll make it happen. <laughs> Tell me, if London was a cocktail, what would it be? I think it would be gross. Because it would be like everything. Oh, I was like, like I was like, what's gross? <laughs> Sounds great. And then I was like, oh, gross, disgusting. No, no, like it would be like imagine everything in a cocktail. Yes. Like, would you want to drink it? It'd be quite smoky. I feel. I feel like this Toxic. is why like Londoners have like groups and like you know because if we put we're all together, it's a lot. If there was a cocktail that you would drink and it would make you feel like London, <laughs> what would it be? Porn star martini, baby. I mean, I love amaretto sours. Banging cocktail. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, foamy at the top because mm. of the smoke in London. And then <laughs> sharp at the bottom. And then kind of brown. And like, yeah. And because like, of like London dirt. Yeah. And sharp because you have to be street, Yeah, you have to be street, street, street wise street in London. sharp. <laughs> God, we're smashing this. I'm, I'm having such a good time with you guys. I hope you guys are having a good time. <laughs> this girl is so inspiring. I feel like I'm just... What's the point? <laughs> reflect now a little bit about queer travel can travel be more than just fun games and adventure can we like get a holistic element out of travel do you do you kind of go out there and better yourself and do self-care yeah I think that's like maybe the most important thing for me for travel um, especially because London can be so hectic and we all love to work so hard and we're also passionate about the things that we love that sometimes we can confuse passion with just like grind constantly and so actually traveling is so important to just take yourself out of who you are and just like be nothing just be nothing in space yeah, and just exist that. and like I, I think that's really important to like clear your head and to understand that the world is bigger than just like you and your people and like London you know to, to enjoy London you have to understand how insignificant it is compared to the rest of the world. Oh my gosh, yeah. This question I love because it's a feeling, and I don't know whether you've already expressed it when you talked about Pussy Palace, but when was the first time you remember not having to remember that you were a queer person? Maybe today. Like, it, I, I feel like when I'm with people who understand what it's like, to maybe go through similar processes and I feel completely comfortable to express a side of myself that I can't express in any space. You know, like the song that I'm going to play tonight at the end, I can't sing that in any space and I'm really excited to play it for the first time in this space. And we're so grateful to be hearing it. <laughs> yes, that energy. And that means a lot to us, doesn't it? Yes. That you feel safe in this space. It's a safe space. Um, and I guess... You've kind of covered that last question, but it was what makes you feel safe as a queer person, but it's being amongst other understanding, queer people. Yeah, understanding people and accepting people, you know, accepting people that are different from yourself and that being fine and not always having to understand everything about them because you haven't been on their whole journey with them. You're meeting them at one point in their life and just believe them and accept them as they are, as they've chosen to be. And I think that 
is something that's really special about the queer community. That is beautiful. You are so wise. <laughs> Final question, very important, this one. What three pieces of advice would you give to someone, specifically a queer person, travelling in London? I think be open. Be open to finding people like you. Be safe. Choose to be around people that like protect you and look out for you, because I think that's so important. But I think sometimes I've been quite scared to just exist when actually it's okay. And sometimes your preconception of something can be worse than the actual reality of it if you just allow yourself to be. So I think, yeah, it was just to, to be open, to be honest and um, to look out for your friends. I love that. What a stunning chat with Poppy Ajuda. Thank you. This is incredible. Thank you so much. And we're going to get a live me. performance in a minute. You guys are so lucky. <laughs> What a stunning chat with the amazing Poppy Ajuda. Next week, we'll be speaking with Miss Envy Peru about all things Amsterdam. Queer Me Out, Chasing Tales is a Gay Times and W Her Tales original podcast series. And it is available wherever you listen to your podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a review and tell every single person you've ever met. Be sure to follow Gay Times and W Hotels. And if you're planning your next trip to London, be sure to follow W London on Instagram for all the latest updates. If you want to follow me on Instagram, that's very important. I am on, I am Harriet Rose and the wonderful Poppy is at Poppy Ajuda. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. Thank you. Round of applause for Poppy.